ladies and gentlemen, boys and germs, welcome to the SAP. As always, it is your guy, Dave Neal, and your girl, Tasha Courtney. What up, everybody? This is take nine. We are here. <laughs> We're doing tea tonight. This is, if you're wondering, hey, they sound like they're chilled out tonight. That's THC. No, that's just tea. That's chamomile, black tea, no caffeine. And then maybe afterwards we'll smoke a joint. Maybe that's what, what's needed in society. That should be part of the stimulus plan, Tasha Murray. Just some good old weed. Yeah. How do we get rid of the Sunday scaries? Well, <laughs> we'll zone the fuck out. Yeah. Just have an edible and relax. That probably, I, I feel like most people with their anxiety in the world, the first solution should be try an edible. Before you start doing a Xanax or, or this or that, I think just have an edible and chill the fuck out. Well, it can backfire, you know, especially with an edible. If you take too much, if you're just like, mm, this is good, like you with all sweets and overdo it. I mean, you got to be in the right headspace, I think. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for a... Uh, more rumination maybe yeah but that's like if you if someone if a doctor gave you vicodin and, and didn't tell you how many servings to take so of course with your edible you know you got you only have half a gummy that should be a self-help book just do half a gummy and see how it works and then wait an hour and then try another half have you ever had anxiety like do you think you've <laughs> ever had like no, no no i mean i'm asking you a real question like do you think you've ever gone through any periods in your life where you have suffered from like real anxiety are you kidding like me like rumination do you know the do you know the sh the shit i put myself through with stand-up comedy you you know you, i'm not talking like, about stage fright no it's not I'm stage fright when you think all when you have a show and you think all day and you and you like and you have to evacuate your bowels. I'm pretty sure that's like being anxious. But that's like situation specific. So you're wondering I'm, if I've I'm ever asking you like the difference between like depression and like a bad day is that depression is ongoing, right? It lasts for weeks at a time. It's sort Could of be. like inexplicable, inexplicable in that things may not necessarily be going like horrible in your life you just have this dark cloud hanging over you despite things like uh, from the outside looking relatively okay i think anxiety falls in that same sort of category like you wouldn't call it anxiety in the same way that you would call like sadness depression unless it's like a long-term sort of thing it's like a cloud that's kind of hanging over you lasts for days at a time it's a little constant it's ruminating thoughts it's so anxiety, so to answer your question, do I ever battle anxiety? I, I believe I take very um, consistent measures to be proactive against that. Like tonight, what did I tell you? You went for a run. I said, I got to go. I got to go. And I went and I did 30 and I ran up some hills and I sprinted a little bit and I burnt off a little bit of that jazz that I was feeling. I had a little bit of jazz that I was feeling. The dog just sat on the clicker. <laughs> what the hell? Can we run a professional program over here? I saw it happening and I just thought I would wait and this see. This was the first time we decided to podcast from the living room because we're doing an audio only version, which of course means Tasha's naked, <laughs> virtually naked. If you couldn't pick that, pick up on that. The second the she- The sound, my voice didn't give away my nudity. The second you can tell that she's uh, not on camera, she just whips the bra off. Every guy who's in a relationship knows that when his, when his chick comes in, she if does you, this one-handed bra it, whip honestly, off. Honestly, it's one of the greatest things. Like, I, I'm worried about when the world reopens again and we have to, like, eat in public because I've- eaten every meal naked since this <laughs> pandemic started just it's licking so tomato nice sauce off a to tip to not have tight pants on when you eat so that your stomach can like fully expand that's a real pleasure well i told you yesterday that like we went out to, to eat ramen on on basically uh, the side on a road on magnolia in north hollywood they've you know they've pushed back this four lane road and they made it two lanes and they, and they pushed out the sidewalk and put barriers up and they, you know, I mean, it's, this is COVID baby, Everything's outdoor which makes now. you really think that 2021, not much is going to change. And I don't want to freak people out. I know New York has like no choice, but to bring people inside, but in SoCal, I mean, they got the heat lamps, baby. There's no reason to go inside in a restaurant until things are like tip top. There's just no reason. So we ate out there and I was thinking like, Man, that's that's when you talk about things that I need, it's people watching. It's going to like a a trendy spot, not even trendy, but like I want to see someone walk by and I want to I want to like 
I want to mentally talk shit about them. I want to be, I want to I want to judge others. I want to be, I want to be out there and just like interact. I mean, it's like a dog at the dog park. You don't need to sniff every dog's ass. You just need to hear their bark, know that you're out there and you're alive. And that was like the big thing that we did on Saturday. That was like a big deal. We went out. I had to go drop off something to my buddy's house and then we got ramen outdoors. Woo. Real exciting. So when you ask about my anxiety, I just know 35. I know for the most part what gets me going and I try to lay off it. I try to, I, I know that working out helps. I think every person in the world would benefit from some form of working out. Like with comics, they always say it's good to like get your writing done by going on a walk because you're not, you gotta, you gotta get out, you gotta get away. And I know a lot of people that listen to this. I know Ben's out there, my boy, Ben on the Patreon, you know, I'm talking to you. We're, we're working through um, limitations and resistance and getting to that next level of creativity. And I'm saying, put no pressure on yourself, but know what your fastball is. Know, know where you like to, to place it, right? Like Tasha, before we recorded this episode, I was singing sort of out of key. And you asked me if I could sing, if I could learn how to sing. And I was thinking, well, I think I could learn a very specific key in which to sing in. And then if I, and then not leave there and I would be okay. I just have a very narrow, uh, you know, uh, area where I can't be, you know, once I, once I, range. Uh, yeah, once I hit the side of that goalpost, it ain't going to sound pretty. Some people can dance around their range, not me. It's narrow. And, um, but it, it becomes learning about who you are. And I don't mean that to set limitations on who we are, but knowing what your triggers are, knowing that like, I like to run. I like to go to the gym and work out. I can't go to the gym and work out. That was taken away from me. If I just, if I just like let the things that were taken away from me be taken and didn't replace them with something else, I probably would have gone mad by now. We're yeah, seven I mean, months you've, in. You've turned the park down the street into your own little outdoor gym. You yeah, go there's a there, little. You do your little dips. You do <laughs> whatever. That's you do. right. I do my dips, chin ups, push ups, and this little other kind of deltoid. You know, pull yourself up uh, by your bootstraps thing. And it's a little outdoor gym in a park that's you know surrounded by other like a dog walk and you know. And there's a me and a couple other dudes. So you see the same people. They go there and you know I do that just a couple days a week. I'll do shoulder workouts. I'll put some of these mic stand base weights. These are you know these mic stands have like seven or eight pound, you know, like cast iron bases to them. So I'll take two or three of those. I'll put them in my backpack, do shoulders, but like that, I'm not doing that. There's no van. I mean, look at me, I'm not in shape. There's no vanity for me doing that. I'm not in any, you know, shirtless competitions. It's my brain. It's taking the pressure off of the brain. Back in the day I was doing, uh, I, I was working in a job that was like kind of toxic and it was also far away. So I was sitting in like an hour of like very stressful traffic each way. And I found yoga to be so beneficial to me at that time. I kind of worked it out in my schedule so that every Tuesday and Thursday I was taking that hour and a half off in the middle of the day just to like guarantee myself some time to work out. And it was really very therapeutic you start craving you start craving yoga mental health yeah you i mean just like you you know when you get to a certain place mentally it's like time for you to go for a run i do miss having that like hard sweaty yoga class to kind of like challenge myself physically to just allow myself some space like just i think having like that commitment and 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 a routine it gives your body like something to look forward to it you you accomplish something and you're guaranteed to accomplish it unless you bust a hamstring middle of the class you're gonna accomplish something you're gonna make that yoga mat your bitch or that hill your bitch and you're gonna and you're gonna release dopamine and you're gonna feel good and it's just uh but you know with all that said do you think that you do a good job of proactively uh uh, pressing on your anxiety and re- releasing it from yourself. Uh, no. <laughs> You're telling me that. I'm no not telling you how you answer. I mean, I I don't think I do a very good job of managing my anxiety. That's is true. there enough time in the day for it? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, because the answer is always yes in my book. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I'm missing some of my tools that I've used traditionally. Um, to manage anxiety, but, uh, you know, I think I'm doing okay given our current situation. Well, here's what I know about you. You're a survivor. You're a survivor. See, there you go. Can't do it. You're a survivor and you're going to, and you're going to survive 
even when you're not doing okay. And I was thinking about this earlier. I think we talked about this on the Patreon. Maybe we talked about it on the last episode. We're trying our best, you and I, to self-actualize. And I think we both are in agreement that the way to self-actualize, the way to attract things into your life that you love is through the all-encompassing high frequency of love. Love is the highest energy. Uh, Someone who loves what they do, they find success, they make it work, they connect, they radiate this love. People want to work with them. When you love something, you go after it. When you're cynical and pessimistic, and that's why they got it over me. And don't get me, and I've been there, and and I constantly struggle with it. But when you're that low energy, you attract that low energy. Like attracts like, law of attraction. And then I'm thinking, you know, you can't just have your you can't just be drilling for oil 24 hours a day. You're going to bust the drill. It's going to overheat. It's you're going to break the drill bit, that whole thing. You need to constantly take care of yourself so that you can self-actualize, so that you can feel happy. You know, if you if you if you sort of try to grit and and grit and bone it, you're going to you're going to break something. You're not going to last 2 days. So the the balance is finding out self-care, love and action without burning yourself out on all of those. So I so yes, I think you've done good. I think I think you I think you'll keep on going regardless, but the resentment and um and uh inner strife that we feel when we aren't necessarily on the right path we just kind of feel that resistance we know when we're swimming upstream against these invisible forces so you can swim upstream all day you want but ah, it's not very effective just feel that (laughs) ah, why make it harder on yourself hot tub just ah, you get in that hot tub oh you know 102 degrees you're oh that feels good and that's where we need to be for as many hours a day as possible. Like we're a bread factory. How many loaves of bread can we make a day? Well, we got to keep it running smooth. We got to keep our, and this is what's crazy. Cause like, we don't, we don't need to go. This isn't, this actually isn't political. This is a one Trump thing. That's not political, but he actually says that he doesn't work out because he thinks you only have so many hours a day to burn energy, which would be no, true. If you that's were, not what he said, he, he kind of subscribes to that. Like, uh, you only have a certain number of heartbeats. Well, that's, of. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. So it's like he, like he looks at it as like a gallon of gasoline. So like when the, you know, you burn the gasoline, it's done. Whereas as humans, by working out in a certain way with intention, you're building up the muscle strength, the flexibility, the core strength, and you're strengthening your mind to a place where you're able to be, have more energy. The person who expends more energy has more energy. It's kind of like an oxymoron, right? So, so it's all about, you know, like you said, you had your yoga taken away from you. I had my steam room taken away. That's where I was doing my meditating. I was going into the hot to, to the scene. I don't scene. like how you keep saying taken away from us. I don't, I don't have that mentality about it. Well, well, I'm talking about literally crunch gym. I can't go to crunch gym. I know, but you keep saying I had it taken away from me. Well, you said you were stripped of your resources to do yoga. I'm just saying you keep you keep repeating yourself that I had a thing taken away from me. I think it's the wrong attitude and you know very well that you have been able to like you're not you're not missing anything because you're able to do your workouts outside. Right. I have to find I have to proactively find my replacement. Yeah, well, of I course. I think you need to be careful with your words. No, all right. Uh, sure, but what I'm saying is you if someone takes the hamburger out of your hand, you got to go find food. So you, so you were doing yoga at a place that you no longer can do yoga at. And honestly, we weren't, we, this, we, we have not I wasn't been. doing yoga before the pandemic. After I stopped doing that very stressful job, right. I was able to give up yoga because I wasn't under all this pressure all the time. And then, but also like yoga and I, I resist doing it because I know it's good for me and it's hard for me, kind of running is the easy thing. That's kind of like, man, I mean, I'm, I, I go at a snail's pace. I go run up the hills. So, you know, I'll sprint here and there. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go sprint this hill. I'll kind of like, in, you know, in, you know, in intervals and this and that. But for me, it's kind of, it's more my, that my running is what was my steam room sauna. That was, that's my alone time. It's hard to get alone time, you know, where when, you, you know, when, when we're working in the same studio apartment, when we're, when I'm working on a project, it's not exactly alone time when I'm editing a project. Like I'm not in that free the flow state, you know? So we've been talking about flow state and just getting ourselves to a place where the, the sound of the ocean is all that exists. 
our feet in the sand. I used to be so good with that when I lived in Rhode Island. Literally, the year I was unemployed, after I got fired and got into acting, every free day I had, I'd go down to the beach and just self-actualize. And I was actually pretty, I got pretty successful pretty quick by just not stressing out over this new life I was getting into. And, you know, we, we build these ruts. We build these paths of least resistance, just like, you know, a, uh, an electrical current. We build these paths of least resistance that don't necessarily always challenge us. I'm sure you don't have the same ambitions that you had when you first got into modeling and you had to prove to your parents that you were going to be okay. Like you started to get comfy in certain ways. And same, same thing for me. You start, you start to get comfy and it's like, how do we shock the system? And is the, is the results of the pandemic doing just that? I think you, uh, your priorities also change. Like maybe you get comfy, maybe you get your sea legs, but then I think, you know, as time passes, people's priorities change. Yeah. You start to get good at something to the point where it's no longer like a work, you know, it's just like when you're working out your muscles once. But I do think, I think you're onto something when you say like, when, when you're uh, just resting on your laurels, you, when things are easy, you forget what, it's like to shock the system when you need to make a change to jolt yourself into like this next level to like boot yourself into high gear when it's time to go. And it can be something very simple. Like uh, we're both very, we're both too hard on ourselves. I was with my, my buddy Dan the other day working on this new project we're going to be doing. And a lot of comics started doing stand up again. And I just was like saying, hey, I just feel so anxious. When you talk about anxiety, I get anxious seeing other comics doing stand-up because I've only done one or two shows since March, you know? And he was like, Dave, what are you talking about? You do more than anyone I know. And then you have to remember, you know, you can't, I can never compete with everybody's thing on Facebook combined. You know, we try to put up, we try to put what we're doing and our accomplishments against a full day's worth of news feeds. And it's unattainable. And it can easily lead to stress by comparing yourself to others and this and that. But I think um, what I would say, we've both done a good job this year of investing in tools that help us tell our story. You've got that little uh, pencil that cost you a hundred bucks, right? My Apple pencil. That's a hundred dollar pencil. It's great. You needed it. Designed in less than a half hour, my new website logo today. New website is live, TashaCourtney.com. TashaCourtney.com. Got rid of my old, ancient. It's so, I, it's funny because I just never look at it. It's one of those things that you kind of just like set it and forget it. Like, you could tell it was old because it had, it. it had like you posing with your old boyfriends, like not me. Well, those are some of those pictures are just in my my model book, but yeah, it was just it was really old. It was ancient on like this old like website builder that like doesn't even exist anymore. I was like looking over how I was looking how to move my domain from like this old website builder to Squarespace where I built the new website and like it wasn't even on the list. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm not here to criticize you, but yeah, that website Barely had like, uh, you know, Reagan had more up-to-date uh, graphics. On this. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was obviously you just learned Squarespace and, ver- and re- see, they should be a sponsor, but rather than reinvent the wheel or carve your old website into something that it wasn't, you just started anew with your newfound knowledge. After building your webs- the website weartodottravels.com, you realize, oh, I can bang this out. You got your, and I, we say Apple Pencil, it's a digital, it's a tool people know what an apple pencil well i just is. don't want people to not join the patreon.com slash this app because they think we're rolling in dough spend 100 bucks on a pencil this isn't a ticondera number two graphite pencil this is um steve jobs <laughs> pencil well i tried to buy the cheaper version from amazon from like a knockoff company but it wasn't compatible for whatever reason so yeah, i just had to suck shit. it up i returned that pencil and i sucked it up and i spent the extra 60 dollars to get one that would work and it's great so now you can use that pencil what, what do you draw oh you do you use the pencil with your ipad uh-huh. so you can draw like cursive like you yeah, uh, logos and this and that you can it's it's a way for you to add a personal touch on an otherwise templated program and you do a very good job i, I was looking at it I go you'd made that like that was incredible Thanks. it's important to like look at things that you're good at and and be like yeah like you know you take pride in that and that's something that like i don't know a year ago you wouldn't have done that you you well, found a year ago i wouldn't have had the time but or the laptop 
or the yeah or any of the tools you literally got i'm so techie now i have a laptop <laughs> and an apple pencil if anyone needs any consulting work tasha's uh <laughs> tasha corp is over here just sending you know whatever I'm building you websites and you i are. have a laptop i mean i literally paid every bill on my phone for the past decade so your laptop you you yeah you we got that like in the early to middle stages of pandemic probably like um you know may or something and you're right i feel so proud of myself all of a sudden i have built two bomb websites well it's like this like i can't you can't get good audio if you don't have good microphones sure you can like uh sound treat your room a little bit but you have to invest in what you need to succeed uh my friend jamie uh, jamie in, in palm springs just spent a lot of money she's big on like pinterest right she spent a lot of money on a um 3d printer she can make incredible things now like i don't even know the science behind 3d printing but she's making like embroidered wristbands for people's watches and like weird things it's like oh you know there is and don't get me wrong you should never like have limitations like you could you could make a great short film with your iphone by all means but at some point you know you need to level up and that's well, yeah, what it comes and it's down baby to baby steps too i mean we we were talking about this yesterday when we were discussing our current situation with our home because i said to you i sort of feel like i'm a small sickly goldfish stuck in our tiny goldfish bowl uh <laughs> like, fogging up you got one of those like gas station squeegees trying to <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's sort of like which comes first the chicken or the egg do we bite the bullet spend the extra money knowing that like if we upgrade to a bigger and inevitably more expensive place will will the content that we're able to create in that new space bring in like extra revenue to cover the extra cost or Suffocate do we build us. up here until we have the revenue to cover the cost of expansion it really is like one of those flip floppy things and i think it's an important consideration to make when you're in this creative space like yes sometimes you just have to like grin and bear it and and spend the extra cash, make the investment in yourself so that you can level up, but also baby steps. Like, Well, my advice to everyone else is always leap in the net will appear. But when it's like, do I double the cost of my living space? Then it becomes, you know, yeah, you, wor you worry. Am I punching myself out of this cocoon too early? Are my wings developed yet? Yeah. And, you know, even by asking the question, I think that the answer is always like lean on the positive side if you're even wondering. Uh, but, you know, there are yes, there are ways we look at this tiny apartment and like i say daily daily i am unpacking like you like you always wonder like we we've been having these cord issues and you're like wow man i wish we had cords that lasted longer it's like well i'm pulling them and and unpacking them every single day i mean i've got I've, I've moved more cords than rolling stones has in the last three years you know what I mean? like i'm just non-stop plugging things putting them away and this and that and it would be great to have a place where i just go into the garage turn the turn the button and then everything just turns on and just well, you know, we might not be there but what we are even though we're in a small apartment is we're in london south africa vancouver mexico and the list goes on. We have the podcast is in over a hundred countries, you know? So people, people write in, you know, uh, the, you know, so while we might feel like we're in a small place, we are just in a cubicle in a, in a building trying to get into our corner office. So I understand the concern. I have it too. When do we, when do we strike out of here? And I think the, the, answer will be when we can find a bigger place that has as good natural light and all the things that become necessary when you're creating in your apartment. You said it the other day, you're looking at some 15 year old brats, TikTok, and she's doing cartwheels in her living room. And it's like, if we wanted to do that. We got to move a couple of couches, a dog. There's probably, you know, it's a lot of shit that has to happen. I mean, we have to have a whole moving company if we want to do a wide angle shot of anything. <laughs> I mean, it is a tight spot. I can't, I can't fart north wind of you with you know it's a whole thing so um but we are we're grateful and we've maximized the amount of output we do in here we got this i mean i'm sitting next to this um bookshelf i'll take a photo post on the instagram I, i've been posting about a bunch about it but i've been shooting all my videos into this bookshelf we have nice exposed brick i, I you know it's got a little so backlighting led strip <laughs> yeah so i got the whole thing i got this whole thing and it's just a tiny corner of my apartment but it seems to be the one place that i can like set up that i don't have to uh you know redesign a living room behind it and um i i invested uh last week in this thing called a cam link it's a 4k um 
like digital converter that converts a DSLR camera or a, you know, a smart camera and, and kind of compresses it into a laptop so I can start doing live streaming. This is crazy. I've done four live streams in the last two weeks. I didn't think I was ever going to live stream. I just thought that wasn't going to be my thing. Isn't it amazing when you start to like, uh, just study new things. So I've been using this new software, which is going to help me um, get more videos up faster. And like I said, I got, I'm getting emails from people in South Africa. You know, there's people all over that that um, that are checking out the content. And I, and if I didn't have the uh, gumption to spend that money, if I was saving every single penny, I wouldn't have. I mean, I've already made my money back on that. I made a couple hundred dollars in YouTube ad revenue Yay! since getting the cam link. Exciting. I've got postcards going out to people that are listening. We have Layla is our newest Patreon member. I think she found me through Bachelorette La, or Lala or Layla. We still haven't figured out how to pronounce her name yet. Or if that's a girl, that might just be a pseudonym. But let me know so I can shout you out. La, Layla Gilbert Galan, my old buddy, my old roommate, is a $50 a month Patreon member. He didn't even, I texted him saying thanks. He didn't even get back to me. That's how bad he is at getting back. I don't even know if like he's got my number, but he's a Patreon member. So <laughs> if you're listening, Gilbert, geez, respond to my calls. What the hell? But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's gratitude. There's a lot to be grateful for. And there's, so like I said, we just have to keep, and again, we're, we're the case study folks. We're talking about this in hopes that you, if you're going through the same thing, you know, realize that you do need self care. You do need to take time to feel good because you can't attract if you didn't get a good night's sleep. I mean, like, like, you know, I've been, I've been trying to write this screenplay and I don't even try to do my exercises if I didn't get a good night's sleep because I just know, and again, that, that sounds kind of like a limitation, but I know, you know, there's been a few nights where I've done, um, like the other night I made my, uh, uh, debate video. And, you know, I, uh, that took me a long time. I probably didn't get to bed till three or four at night. You know, I'm up at seven or eight. I, I know I need to get a nap in before I can do my creative thing because I got to take care of myself. Like, how do I expect the hardest part of, of my life is creating stuff like creating good stuff. How can I expect it to be any good if I haven't properly just taken the six and a half hours to sleep, I'm not asking for 10 nights, of, 10 hours of sleep, you know? Talk to me. I'm out of breath, Tasha. I need you here. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. I'm here. Um, My ears are sweating. Well, uh, okay. But like, how do you feel when you see, like, you know, the hard part can be, we don't necessarily, like, we're, like, we've always said we're a Venn diagram. There are things we collaborate on, but there's things that we do ourselves. And it's, it can be hard because we have to know, like, to, to help manage each other's space and clear, clear ourselves out of the other person's shit so that they can get stuff done. Cause like if we're both in the kitchen, I'm kind of like a little, I'm like a Simba from Lion King. I'm poking at you. I want to roll around. I need to know that you're off limits. You know, you're not, you don't put on a, a, a suit and tie when it's time to work. So you know what I mean? So it's about like managing each other, like knowing when we're in game mode, I have the hardest time in the world. I'm not blaming you. I have the hardest time in the world getting anything done with you in the house. That's why whenever you're here, why? I'm doing dishes. I'm do like, I do like grunt work when you're here, dishes, vacuum. I, I, most of the stuff I do, I would say normally I wake up about 90 minutes before you and I try to get my creative writing done in the morning before you're awake. I don't know. It's just as like, like I'd, I'd be better off at a Starbucks with people walking by. I'd be better off sitting on a curb on Hollywood Boulevard with strangers just do, juggling this around me. This sounds like a made-up limitation. Yeah, and I'm not calling it a limitation so much as like you're you wake up and you're just the, just being present. And I've talked to some other people in um, this YouTube community community that I'm in, and they're like, "How do you create YouTube videos when your spouse is around?" Oh my gosh, it's so hard. It's just hard. It's hard to do. Like a, like a, when I do my Bachelor recap videos, I try I ask you to put headphones on. I just don't want you to be, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. You, you have to understand, like you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect to create something with me sitting on the couch looking at you. Yeah. But I'm never just sitting on the couch looking at you. It's almost like you have that thing. I used to have some like social anxiety, right? And I managed to get over it relatively easy. Once I came to the realization that nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody's thinking about the thing you said two minutes ago. They're too busy thinking about what they're saying. 
Yeah, but I, I totally understand, and you're right that it's, that it's an, a social anxiety that I have. But imagine if you were trying to learn a TikTok dance and I walked in and you didn't know I walked in. You'd be embarrassed if I saw you gyrating and doing it. Cause You've it's, seen me learn 50 TikTok yeah, dances and such I'm a not embarrassed about 2020 comparison. <laughs> it's like on TikTok. I'm in my 30s. Uh, but yeah, but uh, even if you don't can't necessarily relate this second, I think you... You at least uh, know that it is an anxiety. Well, what I can relate to is the other person being a distraction. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes I'm like, hey, can I get your eyes on this? And you're like, hey, can I show you this thing? And sometimes it's like, sure. And other times it's like, not right now. I'm, yeah. d- I'm stuck in the middle of something. I, g- I can't do that for you right but now. And is... it's great that we have the ability to say that to each other. I think we could benefit from like a morning meeting. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. Like, Save if we me, had, somebody. Like a strategy <laughs> meeting every morning. We just got a dry erase board everywhere. Oh, it's filled with my to-do list. You know, I actually don't disagree. It's just, but to just sounds like, like you're... T- today, or, you know, because I, I literally have a to-do list that's like 20 items long. And I just kind of work on things like based on what I'm feeling most inspired by in the morning. Right. Uh, but I I think that like it would help us to get on the same page as far as like our cohesive goals, our goals in the center of the Venn diagram. But then also just like to have somebody to be accountable to because we're our own bosses. We don't have to answer to anybody we don't have managers. We're not going into the office and we don't have coworkers that are counting on us necessarily for us to accomplish these tasks. But if we just like looked at our to-do list in the morning and I said, oh, I'm going to take care of this, this, and this today, or at least I'm going to try to. And you said, sounds good. I'm going to do this, this, and this, you know, yeah. then it's easier for us to like check in throughout the day it's to a good know way that like oh this thing might be something that i need a little help with or a little collaboration this is a thing that like i'm not even i'm just gonna leave you alone because i well, know you what's know what tough you're doing. what's tough with me is if you ask for my eyes on something i want to help you right away if I ask for your eyes, like I've said before, and I don't blame you, you are an old Dell laptop. You got 17 tabs open. You might take eight minutes. I've stood there with the computer just waiting and you forget that I'm even but there. But we had this conversation very recently, actually Last talking night. about how ADHD like doesn't mean that you ha- necessi- that you always have very poor focus. It means that you have a hard time like popping between tasks. Right. So for me, like sometimes I just really get hyper focused on the one thing that I'm working on and everything else is like, it's like when somebody's underwater in a movie and it's just like that muddy sound. Just somebody's talking to them. No, no, no. Like, oh, okay. You know that? Because I get out of breath. If I see someone underwater, I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that like muddled sound, <laughs> that like far away sound. That's me when I'm in hyper focus mode. I don't notice or pay attention to anything else that's going on around me. I'm just in the zone. And I need to do so a better interrupted job. interrupted from my zone can be like really hard for me because it requires me to pull focus from the thing that I'm doing, recalibrate to watch whatever random ass thing you want to show me. (laughs) And then I have to zone back into the thing I was working on. It is a relationships like wanting to show somebody a YouTube video every hour. (laughs) Like, Hey, look at this. Look what I found. (laughs) And I need to realize while I want to show you things, like I was going through um, footage of my last Hollywood posers episode, you know, I wanted to show you the footage, but also like why just it's good. It's funny. I'm not showing it to you for validation, but it, well, I mean, I'm, I trust me. Like I, you know, when I got my, fastball baby i know i got my fastball all right i'm we're killing it with hollywood posers this newest uh thing we shot down at the beach is is gonna kill but i still wanted to show you because i was like proud of it i think it's pride more than anything i'm like look i did this i'm proud of this this is nice i'm not saying do you think this is nice i like i know this is good sometimes i want your opinion but sometimes i'm like this is some cool shit i'm working on but like i don't have to do that i could just like save it for another time you know it's almost like it's almost just like muddling muddling quality time with whatever time we need to come up with a label for for life that's not quality time <laughs> this uh what's the lack of quality time what would you call that i don't know equality time well what would what, we got to figure that out someone write in sex actually podcast at gmail.com but um there is because there is subpar time. subpar time <laughs> hey spt subpar sp yes spt subpar time 
uh, because th- there is so much of the day is subpar time. It's like I'm dicing uh, potatoes. I'm making breakfast. This isn't quality time. I'm working towards my act of get of gifts. Like it's it is a love language when I cook you a nice dinner, but it's not quality time. Like it's not. You know, I don't know. Anyway, so I don't, I don't know if people under, uh, understand or, or give two shits, but you know, there's plenty of people that listen that are in, you know, good relationships and you still, you know, you still grit your teeth on certain things that, you know, you just might not need to grit your teeth on there. There, there are, you shouldn't always have to grit your teeth on like disagreements of certain, of certain things, you know, just, and I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to pick any shit with you, but I know I, <laughs> that sounds like you're getting ready to pick, but <laughs> what I'm about to say is going to sound like I'm 40 feet underwater to you. Um, you have a hard time. I like you have a hard time with disagreements. You need me to, to agree with you on things. I don't know what you're talking about. We, you didn't want me to buy canola oil today. You were being very insistent on canola oil and you're making a lot of chips, babe, with canola oil and canola oil is not healthy. Potato chips, guys. Pick I got a potato a chip. different oil. I got you a can find slicer. another oil that has like a high smoke point. If you're what's, worried what's about- What's so wrong with canola oil? It's bad for you. You it's just gross. keep saying that it's like you're- trans fats. Is it? Can I, if I Google, is canola oil bad for you? Can I do that? Sure, do it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the honesty, and I'll I'll believe you, but I don't trust in you. I you never told me it was bad for me. Because I've just been, you know why, Dave? Because I've just been shutting my mouth. I've just been rolling my eyes every time I open the cabinet after you went to the grocery, and I see a big jug of canola oil. <laughs> I just roll my eyes. I don't say anything, and I move on with my life because it's okay. not worth picking. Okay, a fight. this is from uh, Harvard. Okay, this is the first one that popped up. I said, I said, canola oil bad, which you would think is is a good thing to search for you for you. I didn't search canola oil. Good. I said, search canola oil bad. Although care must be taken in handling and processing of canola oil and other vegetable oils. Canola oil is a safe and healthy form of fat that will reduce blood LDL cholesterol levels and heart disease risk compared to carbohydrates or saturated fats such as found in beef, tallow or butter. But it, you're not. <laughs> I finally, I finally used the right, the right button. button. I finally used the right button, but folks. But as compared to other oils. Okay, so then canola like, oil like versus what? Olive versus oil, coconut oil, grapeseed oil. I don't know. Pick a healthy oil. All right, I, I searched canola oil v versus olive oil health, but I spelled health h e l s t h. Okay, sorry. Whereas canola oil may be suited. Uh, for frying, both can be used for medium heat cooking. Olive oil is a better choice for toppings like salad dressing. Notably, olive oil is healthier than canola as it provides many disease-fighting antioxidants and is good for your heart. See? Okay, well, healthier, but it's like I'm not... Okay, so but I'm not cooking with trans fatty okay, acids. You, we were at the grocery store, and you said, look at this olive oil. It comes in a plastic container. All canola oil comes in a plastic container. So what do you think about that? Well, I was saying that because it was a small amount for $22. And I was like, even the $22 olive oil doesn't even come in glass. Olive oil and vodkas are the same. If it comes in plastic, it ain't good. But I still only buy, I buy the, boy, people are tuning out on this. <laughs> I buy the glass olive oil at Trader Joe's because it's like five ninety nine. But at anywhere else, the glass olive oil is like twelve bucks, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make my own you know handmade potato chips with the most expensive olive oil out there. Just trying to fry that bitch up, put some of my yeah, bagel but, seasoning yeah, on but top. I don't. I think if your uh, option is to buy the olive oil at Trader Joe's or to buy canola oil, gross. Then I would just wait. But and they get say the canola is better for frying, and that's what I was doing. I was because fry of baking. Its smoke point, but you could find something else that has a comparable smoke point that's healthier. But the the point of this is, and this is all said with love, is that I think in that moment, if I said, "All right, honey, I'm going to get the canola oil," I think you would have lost your shit. So instead, I just walked away and I didn't get any oil. I'm oilless, folks. Right in. Send no, some you oil. You bought a small olive oil. Yeah. Okay. So I bought so that. Ding, ding, ding. I did what you wanted. That's my point. You Whereas know what you I want? I want you to get an air fryer so that you can make your nice potato chips in an air fryer and not using canola oil. I got a good setup. My, you, Be honest. Do I'm I get, make the best homemade potato chips? Listen. This I, is a quarantine 101. Christmas is coming up, honey. Do, do, and do, do, do. an air fryer boop, boop. is an excellent 
Christmas present for me to get you. And I'm really disappointed that you don't like this idea. I've never all. given you more specific gifts for what I want. I want Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. It's a hardcover. It's oh, eighteen dollars. Hold on, let me get a it's, pin. I already got it in the saved thing. There's also something. Oh, I want ear. I want ear monitor uh, headphones. So not the DJ ones, just the little earbuds. But they're thirty dollars. The nice ones are a hundred. But I just want them so like I can hear the monitors, but not have to you know because my ears sweat when I do this. That's it. Those are the so two. you added those two to that you already like put them on the on yeah, the but wish list. I'm not a guy who likes to wait, so I'm I'm ready to I'm, I mean I want Money. Ma- Matthew McConaughey is my hero. All right. Okay. All right, all right. So he writes this book, Green Lights, and he starts promoting it around. And he's like, Yeah, when you when you think about it, all the things in my life, all the good mo- they were just green lights, and all the yellows and reds they turned into green eventually. Well, all right, all right. It's amazing. So then I looked on all the reviews. Because everyone's going to shit on celebrities. Celebrity writes a memoir, it's going to get shit on. I read all the reviews. A modern Hemingway. <laughs> like, <laughs> they love, I mean, he's amazing. This dude, the, 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 the biggest scandal he ever had was a noise complaint from his neighbor in Malibu. Cops show up and he's playing the bongos naked. That's the guy you want on your team. That's Matthew McConaughey. You know what I mean? He buys like an Airstream and just drives it to Texas, drives it to set. Very interesting guy. Don't have him as a guest on the podcast, but very interesting. I would lose my shit. And I also, in sixth grade, he starred in a little uh, Spielberg movie called Amistad, which was uh, filming in my hometown. I walked by set. He was in sixth grade? When I was in sixth grade. Oh. <laughs> he had the mutton chops. I haven't chops. seen the movie. <laughs> well, it was a slave movie. I mean, it's him and like, uh, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, the guy who, uh, the Hannibal, what's his name? You know, a bunch of people. What, was he in it? Anyway, there's a lot of, it was, it was a lot of people in it. Anyway, you know, here's what I want from you. I would love for you to just take a peek at the offerings of air fryers or like do a quick search. I see like people cooking with them on Instagram and they look really nice. Like they fry things exactly how oil fries them. Like they get like perfectly crisp, except I want people- it's done with air i want people listening to understand what it's like to marry somebody who's on the spectrum okay we're talking about matthew mcconaughey we moved on and she circles back to air fryer like what the fuck (laughs) all right i I get it this is it though you know i'm telling her i'm putting my foot down on canola oil next thing you know i own an air fryer you just like what the hell trying to keep us healthy honey i just want a spry all these potato chips are giving me acne yeah, well, they could do that. They give me gas, tell you that much. Ew. Yeah, I walk the dog. We go out there and we blow wind. <laughs> yeah, we do. Speaking of wind, I actually wanted to mention this. It was I went for my jog tonight, my uh, jog, and it was really windy. The Santa Ana winds are coming in. Did you know this? Up up in the different northern California counties, uh, PG&E, the electrical company, is shutting down people's power at yes, night. Yes, yes, I in, did in, know In like that Shasta County. The, yeah. Because of the fires last year. They basically said... Because I think, well, after the fires, I think, I don't know if California or like um, just citizens who like were harmed by their negligence because it was downed power lines, right? That caused Is that what it was? I was wondering what the point of putting the the electricity So they were trying to hold them accountable. And they said, you need to make upgrades to your system because you're going to be held accountable for these like failings. So the wind blows a power line down and it sparks a fire. That's what's happening? I, I... I don't know. And then as soon I don't as know the sparked, specifics or if it was like a generator or a box somewhere or whatever. They're I saying don't these know. are up to 80 mile an hour winds. But basically, yeah, they're, they've just said, well, instead of fixing it, if we're going to be held liable, we're just going to shut off power in times of like high risk. So what people are doing is they said like they, they would go to hotels or whatever, but then it just became too much money. So people started buying, uh, you know, uh, generators. And I was watching this on the uh, local evening news, which I never watch in California. So I'm not privy to like, I had uh, you know, it took me six years of living here to, to learn what a Santa Ana wind is, but it's like a hurricane level wind. It can get up to 80 miles an hour, comes out of nowhere, scares the shit out of the dog because it's clanking the windows and it's blowing in all this hot air. So usually these winds come in, they blowing this like hot desert air or whatever i could be wrong and um yep so they said that you don't even try to get gasoline in these in these communities when when they do this power outage because everyone's filling up on their tanks you can't even get gasoline 
It's like what? It's like it feels like we're living in the fucking twenties, nineteen twenties. I mean, the Santa Ana winds have become recent in recent years associated with fires because they tend to like make fires worse if there are already fires, or to like potentially start fires if there are people that are like. Well, those fires were blowing like thirty miles an hour. Imagine literally not being able to outrun a fire. Yeah. You know, you think like, all right, yeah, you, when I, you know, when I lived on the East Coast, you know, there'd never be a wildfire in New England. It's, you know, it's too humid and whatever. But then you'd go, you go, how do these fires even happen? And then uh, here you see literally just a spark, just looking at the, the dry grass the wrong way, and you can burn uh, hundreds of thousands of acres. Yeah. Before, I'm trying to like, I, I, I want to Google like why I have this association, but the Santa Ana winds have always had a reputation for being like kind of like not sp- spooky is not the right word, but like mystical. Well, they bring like a sort of like, um, like a hair raising vibe. You know what I mean? Like a. You want me to Google it? I'll Google it. All right, Tasha's going to Google that. Uh, we're going to see what sort of witchcraft voodoo she's getting into. I'll take this time to just thank everyone for all of our new uh, listeners uh, and uh, YouTubers that are out there. Um, as you guys know, I've mentioned that due to some videos picking up wind, as it were, some Santa Ana wind, my YouTube's gone from 2,500 to 6,300 subscribers, which feels like about a 600% increase. I think I'm doing the math right, close to it. Uh, and a lot of new people go, oh boy, I never heard of you before, but this is great. And that's the power of the internet, that by sharing the podcast with your friends and doing this and that, it's literally helping put food on our table. I mean, it was literally amazing. I have no shame whatsoever to say that the week my unemployment went out and I decided to turn in... Uh, my old work clothes to the job I no longer wanted that also wasn't uh, taking me back um, that the video kicked off and was able to provide me like several months worth of pay. It was really nice. And then some of you guys have also joined the Patreon and all your support comes in so many different ways from the Venmo that I got this week from some random uh, person to Christian out there. Who's been way too generous uh, donating a hundred dollars. I told Christian that his, um, his uh, random act of kindness, his $100 donation, along with all of his other donations, but his $100 donation, um, I'm going to name the Camlink cord after him. Because <laughs> I, I was like, dude, I just bought something for 130 bucks, and then you donate this money. So I got the, it's the Christian 4K Camlink. <laughs> so thank you so much, buddy. Um, appreciate you so much. We've got a lot of people out there that are rooting us on. And um, I don't think any part of our message is trying to uh, make make anyone feel guilty. I just think, you know, times are tough. We are in an epicenter of unemployment where the national average, they say is 10%. But then again, they, they say the true number is 26%. But whatever that is, double it in California because no one's moving out here. And um, it's been a struggle that we've been forced to talk about because, you know, this is our daily life. This is what's going on. You know, Tasha's finally getting some work back. And, um, you know, you're working hard. You did a really good job through the quiet months of uh, trying to stay proactive. And it's a test that we didn't ask for. No one else listening asked for. But, um, you know, it's it's how we recover from this all. Will we look back at it and be stronger from it, knowing that um, 2020 showed us the front lines of why we need to, you know, not have to rely on a job for our healthcare or a job for our retirement and investing in ourselves and building our own equity. I think there's a real like hard left turn we're making with a global shift towards like everyone working for themselves after being fucked over by so many companies or left in the dust to automation or this or that. So we'll see how it all plays out. But rather than um, be super vulnerable, we're, we're kind of, um, you know, uh, putting that time and equity into our own career. So it's, it's, uh, with, it's with all the gratitude in the world that you guys listening and watching have been there along the journey. Nothing is better, Tasha. Because I know you get to see the, the difference going from, oh, last year was really cool. Last year, my Bachelor video, my best performing video made $16. That was fucking cool. That was really cool. Today, my second, my second Bachelor like my recap video made $100. You know, that big one that went viral made 20-something hundred. So all of last month made $4,000. So like when October 21st rolls around, I get my September direct deposit from the gods of YouTube, AdSense, 
which owns, you know, Google, and you just get 30, whatever it is, $100 in my account when I should be relying on a government stimulus check that they've promised us. Instead, just the, just the internet took care of me on this, on this one. And it, and it's humbling. I'm grateful. I'm not, I'm next, I'm accepting the money, but it just, it just showed me like what path to invest my time and energy into. And that's the path where we communicate directly to our audience. That's all it is. I mean, our Patreon's 23 members. I'm proud of you guys. 23 members. You know, we didn't know if anyone was going to be a part of it when we made it. We've got thousands of people that listen to the podcast, but for 23 people to punch in your debit card number, I mean, that's a lot to get someone to reach out and do that. It's one thing to get someone to click on a link. That's hard enough. It's hard enough to get someone to subscribe. It's the next level to get them to go to patreon.com slash this app, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. And for the 3.3 million impressions on YouTube to even have a sliver of those people come over and start listening to the podcast, Jen in Canada, got a postcard coming your way. You know, we got, like I said, uh, someone in uh, Norway, Polly wrote in from Australia. She's been with us for like five years now. These people that have been around for five years appreciating it when 600 people watch a video and then see 230,000 people watch a video, the, the love that they give me in happiness, that pays the bills. So I just wanted to put that out there as a message to everyone. Pure gratitude. I mean... It fills every ounce of my love wells on any day that I wonder what path I'm on, that people just show up. Now with the podcast, the reason I'm investing more time into YouTube is people can't find the podcast. They're just not finding it. So like for five years, we've, we've performed in front of these thousand or so people. The, the quarantine comes around, we lose 25%. Boom, they're gone cut it down 25%. And every podcast I listen to says the same thing, but people are on YouTube now because of the quarantine. So I'm getting some love over there. So it just becomes about water your plants, but see the ones that are providing the fruit and like water them more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> got to water these lemon trees. I'm squinting. I love the lemons, but you know, I'm not by, by all means, I'm not, I'm not leaving the bread and butter, which is the long form conversation. We're just finding new ways to have this conversation and put it in places where people will see it, which is the live stream and the YouTube and this and that. So anyway, anyway, Tasha, I've been uh, filibustering while I waited for you here and I know you've been ready for about 15 minutes. So go ahead and <laughs> take, take us home, baby. Well, I don't know if this is take us home worthy. <laughs> take but it home, baby. I just, I looked up the St. Anna winds and popular culture. On uh, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you weren't uh, price sourcing the uh, air fryer just now. <laughs> it's, there's going to be one in the car. Uh, the Santa Ana winds are strong, extremely dry, downslope winds that originate inland and affect coastal Southern California and Northern Baja and are infamous for fanning regional wildfires. The winds are commonly portrayed by writers of creative works as being responsible for a tense, uneasy, uneasy wrathful mood among Angelinos. On occasion, they are referenced as Santana winds, so, so, so if you're in a bad mood, I can be like, oh, the Santa Ana winds are picking <laughs> up today. We're no, really blowing some dry air out of that ass. Look, here's a uh, from, wait, 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 uh, Raymond Chandler's 1938 detective story, Red Wind, opens with a description of the Santa Ana winds and their effect on the populace. There was a desert wind blowing that night. It was one of those hot, dry Santa Anas that come down through mountain passes and curl your hair and make your nerves jump and your skin itch. And I feel like, what's the other... Uh, oh, man. Yeah, like one of those books on these shelves over here, they have like a reference to the Santa Ana winds. I don't know. Joan Didion. But is it, a, like, is it an energy, like an energy vortex? I think, I think so. I think, oh, Brett Easton Ellis. That would be where the first time I probably heard reference to the Santa Ana winds. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it has like always had this reputation of being like sort of staticky and like weird and uneasy. It's wild because it does feel like they come out of nowhere. And then when you have uh, LA, you've got these palm trees and these palm frans are like people don't realize they'll crack your windshield. 
I've seen people walk around with like a, a gash in their eye from a palm fran that hit them. Yeah, these things, you know, on a windy day, your palm frans will mess you up. It's a frond. <laughs> I know we say it wrong. <laughs> My only fronds, <laughs> palm frans. Um, but anyway, uh, we got to get out of here. So, what do you? What else do you want to promote there, Tasha? Besides your uh, graphic editing skills. Uh, well, uh, check out my two new websites. Uh, the first one just being my model site, TashaCourtney.com and the website slash blog, ta-da, travels, we are travels.com. And again, for the men out there, there might be nude photos on that site. So you never know. Go check it out. I'm promoting. <laughs> They're like, there aren't any. I said, oh, there might be. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you've got, I mean, guys, Tasha doesn't, you know, you're very humble. But once you look at her portfolio of work, I mean, you've really put together a um, a uh, very impressive uh, amount of print photography. You know, you show me, you're like, should I, which one of these 78 images should I use? I'm like, they all would be better than the best image I've ever had, you know? Done a good job. Thank you, honey. I actually wanted to talk about how, and uh, I'm going to make a separate video about this, about how Dale, you know, Dale's the lead, the front runner on The Bachelorette. It's uh, rumored, the spoiler is, is that he wins by episode three. They just leave and they restart the, the show. I'm not spoiling anything. This is like wildly talked about. You know, this is in all the previews that basically Claire, the, the Bachelorette, by like the third or fourth episode, she just takes Dale. It's like done. And she had done her research beforehand to like figure him out. He's a retired professional football player. Um, never really made off a practice squad. I don't mean that uh, to not say that it's a very respectful uh thing to get but he um all these photos came out tmz i want to say leaked them i'm sure they weren't like hidden but like dale did party city halloween photos i saw that on google yeah and everyone was like shaming him and i was thinking like knowing knowing what happens to you know you know there's a you kind of kind of climb the list like even tyler tyler c from from last season is like a calvin klein model now he's a gorgeous he's like a matthew mcconaughey type he's a calvin klein model but like he probably did party city or the equivalent which would be basically like catalog style photo so explain real quickly the stuff like the pyramid of success that gets you to like centerfold well uh, i'll say this and i know a lot of really amazing models in this town and everybody has done those like party oh i must have moved my cord those like party city what, type have, what have you done photos well for I, halloween yeah do you I, have any I, I don't have copies of them but oh, i have done some like halloween costumes and what's crazy about that is those like because it's like not a job that most people want to do i was gonna call it quiche the rate kitschy kitschy the, the rate is really high. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the rate Can is really high. Can you tell us high. what you think his rate would have been for that? Uh, It probably is like 250 an hour. I mean, I, I actually should double check that. It might actually be even more. Well, that wouldn't but, be considered high. Like people are, people, I think people have the wrong idea of what modeling is. Like, you know, they don't understand that like if you're, if you're modeling, let's say for like a Garnier Fructis, you might be making $10,000 for that photo. Well, like when you and I, I think we can talk, we can just say the number, right? When we worked for that one company, can we say the number? Sure. We, we each made $9,600. We did a week's photo shoot for a company, a, a tourism company, and we yeah we made so for around sixteen hundred a day. We made a five day shoot, and then and then you know agencies take it. By all means, guys, that was I literally had ten grand in debt, and I made ninety six hundred dollars, and I literally just transferred it to the man, and I, and it was amazing. It was amazing. But the point is, is that when you're working for like a corporation, you know, through some sort of advertising, there's big money. When you're doing like you know, like a Sears catalog, like what, like what's a catalog style shoot that you've done? I mean, any, uh, anything, like what's a I guess here's what, but here's what I'm trying to say is like, until you are a famous person, if you are not a celebrity, if you are not well known, you're not getting campaign shoots that pay 20 grand. You're just not like, that's, that's not how it works. Most models who are working models are working on day rate or hour, hourly rate or half day. Or half day, yeah. And a day but day rate, rate, rate is either standard. a full day or a half day. And, you know, it ranges depending on, like, the size of the company or or the the type of work, whatever. But, like, if you're doing an hourly job, I actually, I, I want to try and look up um, in my uh, email and see if I can find some rate. But, uh, you know, most 
jobs for the model is probably take home about a hundred to 150 an hour, just depending because it, the agency is going to be getting whatever 50% of whatever, which is nice. It's like the a, model you're shitting on home. like a white wall. It's probably very quick. You put on your Apple, your, uh, Batman costume, you move to your next costume, not a big deal. When you look at someone like if you have the up and up career, you wouldn't want to do those gigs because of this exact thing that's happening where people look at him as an idiot because he took money to, you know, advance his profession and get his portfolio going and all that. But um it's just funny to me when you see some loser some losers, you know, in a chat room saying how Dale is like some sort of uh, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't even know like uh not successful because he took a gig, you know, trying to make a few bucks and feed his family. You know what I mean? I lost you. She just started looking at. Well, I was trying to, I was trying to check rates, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the the thing is like, if somebody's not working right now, you know, like say you just are, you're no longer on a football team, whatever. You're just kind of sitting around figuring out what your next thing is. And you're a good looking dude. And, of somebody, you know, you have a friend who's a model and their uh, agent sends out a mass email. Hey, does anybody know anybody who fits this description? You're like, yeah, my buddy Dale. And and you're like, hey, Dale, would you, my agency's looking for models that are your type. Would you want to be submitted for this thing? It pays $250 an hour. Uh, they're going to use you six to eight hours. And you're like, yeah, great. Sure. That's awesome. What um, else but, am I going to do on a Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. Who cares? And actually, Party City did a... Do you, they, I feel like they run it normally around Halloween time, but they did a really funny dance commercial a few years ago. Do you remember that? No. It was like to the tune of Thriller. It was like a pretty... I mean, I'm sure it's non-union, but it was like a, a pretty like cool looking Party City commercial. I, uh, I would love... I would love to watch a documentary on the lifestyle of like a party city executive because I remember just growing up being like, wait, the company just shows up and disappears. They show up October 20th and then by November 2nd, they got a couple cans of silly string and then they're out. Like, where does it all go? What do they do? How are they allowed to just open up shop, you know, in a, you know, you know, they, I mean, but yeah, they, any place that's like vacant, like used to be a Joanne's, but I feel like (laughs) whoever owns used to be a Joanne's, they must reach out to party city and be like, just give me a thousand bucks and use the space for the month or, you know, probably more than that. But it's like, but yeah, they gotta like pack it all up into a warehouse. Yeah. For the rest of the other nine months of the year that they're not like prepping oh, for Halloween. There must be a lot of drugs. I mean, there's got to be a whole industry that follows that because it's like, it's kind of like a, the circus industry, Halloween sales. Because like what you got, you know, you probably take the rest of the year off. I mean, in, remember in New York, what's the store? What's the store in New York? You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know what It's you're a makeup about. store. They're all over New York City. And then for Halloween, they just jack everything into Halloween. Uh, it's blue and pink. Uh, hold on. The signage is blue and pink. I do know what you're talking uh, about. Halloween store, New York city. Uh, just say makeup store, New York city. That's a better, I'll I'll say makeup, but cause New York's got, I mean, but this thing's everywhere. Uh, uh, not spirit. Come on. What, how do I? No, you should take out Halloween. That's screwing up your You think so? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold on. We'll talk, talk me through this. The famous makeup store in New York city. They're everywhere. You're right. They're blue and Someone's pink. yelling it right now into the thing. They're just yelling. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. I used to get their emails. Well, yeah. I mean, all I'm getting is Sephora. Is it not makeup? Oh, boy. This, and it really doesn't matter. It's but uh, <laughs> makeup store turned, uh, turned costume store. Hold on, folks. This is important. I might have to call it's some New York people. It's not important at we, all. We, can, we literally cannot not know this um type blue and pink blue and pink this is the more i type the more like blue and pink hold on folks we're gonna get this we're gonna get this one hard elf costumes abracadabra i mean abracadabra is one of the big ones but that's not what i'm thinking of i've never heard of abracadabra (sighs) nobody cares about this dave we're just we're just rambling uh, for no reason halloween store new york city um franchise we should have. It's quit like a franchise, right? A long time ago, this podcast. Maybe, well, maybe episode. they just shut down. Maybe. I think they did. 
I think that's why I don't get their emails anymore. All right, well, go to the uh, Instagram, guys. I'm going to post this if anyone cares. No one does. Um, what else do we got to say, Tasha Marie? Are we good to go? Another week. Uh, we've survived. This is our. This is actually our Halloween episode because um, next episode we're in November and Tasha's going to start her Christmas music. Write in about that and let me know. Is it too soon to be playing Christmas no, music? November 1st. That's when the radio station starts playing it. So I'm perfectly justified in listening to Christmas music on November 1st. Makes one of us. So uh, that's olive oil and Christmas music, apparently. <laughs> um, what? Uh, uh, t- uh, go follow Tasha at Tasha Courtney. And then that's TashaCourtney.com. Go check out her new blog. And then also uh, travels.com has all of our recent travel blogs. And of course... All of your comments are welcome on my YouTube channel. Uh, go to Dave Neal and check that out. I make, uh, you know, I've been making a ton of my videos, uh, Bachelor content, because that's where uh, that's where they are. That's where they're paying the bills, folks. But I've also got some videos up there that uh, I uh, I've been breaking down the debates and uh, finding all the humor in them and making some other trivial. Uh, irreverent bullshit. So I appreciate you guys all out there. Anything else, Tasha? Say bye to everyone. Goodbye. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Okay, guys, the store was called Ricky's. Nobody needs to know, but it was called Ricky's. That's the Halloween store. That's also a makeup shop in Manhattan. I found it out. Bye, guys.